How about now? Are we on now? Let's see. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, baby. Okay. Um, give me the confirmation. I've already started it, so I'm just going to talk about nothing. For Apparently the next you're hosting yourself seconds. right now. I'm hosting myself. How can I host myself? That is impossible. Keep Actually, your pants on. Wait. <laughs> hey, we're live. All righty, perfect. There we go. Uh, this is Sports Goofs 19 after uh, a two-week hiatus. One week. One week, yeah, that's right, one week. Um, a lot of stuff happened between the last two weeks. And I've got myself, Andrew, and Charles. We might get Cesar, and we uh, messed up beforehand. We actually said that Cesar is a is the Haley's Comet of our, of our group. Exactly. While Doug Solar is the unicorn of our group. So, on topic, uh, let's just jump right into it, guys. Major League Baseball. Finally, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper have decided to sign with a team for some of the highest contracts in Major League Baseball history and North American pro sports history. Manny Machado, 10 years, $300 million with the San Diego Padres, and Bryce Harper, 13 years, three hundred. million. $30 million with the Philadelphia Phillies and we can only assume that once Mike Trout hits free agency he'll get a 350 plus million dollar deal as long as he remains healthy so guys initial reactions from this those two guys dropping and I guess an aside with Nolan Arenado getting a was it eight year to 70 million dollar extension with the Colorado Rockies so he's not getting the most money over the life of the contract. Harper has 13 years, uh, $330 million. What's up, Mike? Howdy. And, but he but, gets the he's overall average. Right. I guess they call it the AAV or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's making more... Av- Annual per- average salary, basically. Than... And he, he's and, the record holder now. Right. And I think it makes sense. The dude is, he reminds me a bit of uh, Brooks Robinson, old third baseman mm-hmm. from Baltimore Orioles. The dude is a vacuum cleaner over there. Not only can he field well, he's got a cannon for an arm. And hot take here, I think he's a better third baseman than Machado. Ooh. Hmm. That's... That's interesting. Maybe not necessarily for his play, although I do think his play is better. He's not actually a a liability, if you will, in the in the clubhouse. Machado has a very short fuse. He's thrown helmets at people for no reason, basically. He doesn't. He has said out loud in the media that he doesn't run out hits to first base. Who would want that in the club in the clubhouse if you're making thirty million a year? Apparently, the San Diego Padres. Who? How, how long has it been since they made the postseason? Like, it's been thirteen years, possibly. I think they made it in like '06 or something like that. It's been a while. I think they have the longest MLB drought. No, they do not. It's still the Seattle Mariners. Still... Oh, well, that's right. Behind that, uh, the lovely Miami Jeters. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh yeah, but, but yeah, the Padres haven't made the playoffs since the mid two thousands, and 
I still look at this deal as maybe not, they won't compete in the short term, but it's more of a long term type of deal. They'll have Machado maybe around the middle of his prime, maybe a third or fourth season. If the Padres play their cards right, they'll they'll have everything in that sort of window of competitiveness. I, I, I don't know because uh, may I, you've got Colorado, Arizona has clearly thrown in their towel by dealing Goldschmidt to St. Louis. Uh, Los Angeles is shedding salary and still probably see themselves competing with San Francisco being a, uh, a destination that's still uh, the, the championship windows closed that's kind of they're in a rebuild at this point and the Rockies are possibly the only other team that's competing and it helps that they have Arenado yeah it helps to have their Arenado and, and also uh, they, I think they they feel that this is their window to compete for their division. It's going to be tough though because they they have a lot of good teams in the West. I, I not necessarily. That's what I was saying. I, I, well, I the think... Astros are in the West, right? Or are they in the Central? No, this is the the they, National League. They're in the AL West. Yeah, uh, Padres in the AL West. Right. I, 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 Texas or the Astros used to be in the NL right. until the MLB switched it out to the right. AL back well like six years ago. So let's get 2013. Some of those, uh, I I tell you I still I still find it so weird whenever I hear the Astros from the American League because I grew up with them being in the National League. I mean uh, I know you have a hat of the old. Uh, Astrodome years, the blue and gold? Uh, well, my hat that I have for the Astros is is their current logo, but in their 90s blue and gold look, which I enjoyed the most, mainly because I grew up with that. So I could actually probably show it on screen here now that I have it in my place. Uh, but aside from that, so that's uh, okay, so that's the Machado deal. What about the Harper deal? What do you guys think about that? chime in on that one real quick <clears throat> i mean i feel like bryce harper would have settled for 300 million and a penny uh just to kind of make a mission statement the biggest comparison between him and machado's contract is that uh, there's the option for the padres to opt out after the 2023 season mm -hmm. which is five years from now so manny would be about 31 so if they see his decline in production either in the batting average or defense which would probably be defense because he'll have some strength at that age um they just kind of break the ties i mean when you look at his annual contract it's about roughly what 30 mil a year or something you know don't make me do math please different profession <laughs> but it was We're the lawyers. highest on that we don't average math. we don't math the only thing about you know you look at a harper harper was more about a long-term brand and you know he got locked in for 13 years um, which means nothing because you guys think there's going to be somebody who will trade them out if they know the Phillies are going downhill five years from now, you jump it out, right? Uh, right. Everybody's tradable except for Jacoby Ellsbury because we have a god-awful contract to a guy who uh, wasn't playing well. If Bryce is playing well, Manny is playing well, if they're even paying, playing decently, um, teams will trade for it. But this is more for Harper's long-term security and – 
you got to think it's a win for him, not because it's $330 million. It's a win in the fact of, like, he has that long-term security. He's going to get that paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, for Machado, it's a short-term win because before the Padres came around, no one was offering him the amount of cash that he wanted. Uh, Chicago, I think, was a close thing, but it was, like, eight years, $240 million. So yeah. the fact that the Padres said, hey, we're going to do this for 10 years. Now, mind you, the Padres aren't a winning team. You look at their roster, it doesn't really build up much to get excited for. The NL West goes through the Dodgers until it doesn't go through the Dodgers anymore. Arizona gave up everything. Goldschmidt, Colorado, between Arenado and then Trevor Story, let's see what can happen. I mean, they have a good manager. Um, They have decent pitching. I'm looking at the Padres roster right now. It's not something that scares you or guys that you're familiar with. There's still a lot of young guys. They're said to have what? one of the best uh, farm systems out there. But what do we know about farm systems? They're useless unless you call them up yep. and you play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, farm guys tend to just be traded, and that, that's it. That's why uh, I, I saw the Padres deal as more of a long-term approach. Like, okay, maybe in three or four years, uh, we might have some semblance of a content- contending team. And maybe yeah. the... I mean, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, because I'm looking at the roster. The best guys now that's not Manny Machado is Eric Hosmer. Remember, Hosmer was a hometown hero for the Royals, and they didn't want to recite him. And I don't think it's because his market would be too high. They just didn't. They'd rather chance it. And then the other one's Will Myers, who Andrew should know, because that wasn't that your uh, rookie of the year from Tampa. contender from the Tampa. Mm-hmm. And that I can kind of understand if it's, you know, hey, we as a small market in Tampa Bay don't want to pay a guy. But everything else is very bare in the cup, unless – unless you pull off that typical beautiful kind of we're a bad news bears or we're a very young team that somehow coalesce to each other a la the Atlanta Braves of last year where sometimes it makes it click but I, this is about a three year yeah. project I, I, and I think I told you guys give it like five years and they won't have a shot on there <laughs> I, I that that's a very real scenario and him having a $300 million contract. I mean, we saw that in the Marlins can move John Carlos, so it's mm. definitely movable. If, even, mm-hmm. Especially if um, one of those big market teams may – watch him get traded back to L.A. Uh, one of those big market teams actually needs their services. They could just do that. Uh, Bryce Harper's deal. There's no trade clause. Yeah. There's no opt-out, no trade clause. Right. Uh, Bryce Harper's deal is more about the Phillies just trying to establish the fact that um, they they really needed a splash this offseason. They're they're an up and coming team. I like the way they they rebuild rebuilt their team. They're not quite there yet. We still have to see how this plays out with with uh, Harper on the squad and whether the Braves will have the same season as before and whether and um, I, I don't know how this affects Washington I don't know if I mean it's a big loss but it's they were con- they they kind of conceded uh, Harper gone about maybe a month before this happened right so they've already made plans and honestly I think they had conceded in the middle of last season they kind of expected that they wouldn't be getting him back and I th- if I remember correctly, there were rumors that they were actually trying to shop him at the deadline. Right. Because they knew this was going to happen. They, I think what's even worse is it goes to an in-division rival. That, yeah, that's probably the, the worst thing for the Nationals. And, and, 
And it's actually more of an indictment on the Nationals that here they've had, the, since 2012, the NL East in the palm of their hands, mm-hmm. and yet nothing came of it, other than probably some fantastic choke jobs. If, if you want to know a history of the Washington Nationals slash Montreal Expos, I highly recommend Urinating Trees. Legacy of Philly. Like 15-minute breakdown of the history of the Montreal Expos, who are now the The Washington Nationals. Nationals. It is beautiful. A bit vulgar, because he does use a lot of language. But if you can get past that, it is a fantastic uh, little piece of work to watch. So, yeah, there it is. Lost in the NLDS in 2012, 3-2. Lost in 2014, 3-1. Lost in 2016, 3-2. And lost in 2017, 3-2. So they've been on the cusp. Have of... they? So did, did they ever make it to the NLCS? They've never made it to the NLCS. That and... That is... I don't want to say Buffalo Bills level choking. Because no, they made it no. to four straight it's Super Bowls. That. But dang, that is pretty bad. It's, it's just... It'd be like uh, what's a what's an equivalent team out in some other sports? Um, let's see. Always close but no cigar. Yeah, yeah or just Washington a, Nationals. Uh, well, oh, no, no, no uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, well, prior to this past season, I, I, I guess yeah, the Washington Capitals come prior to the last season Stanley Cup victory because they, they, ha- they always they... made it to the first or the second round. Never made it to the to the. Uh, Eastern Conference Championship. So yeah, that probably be the, the the equivalent to that. So. I'm actually looking or, that up. Or right maybe now. like the Dallas Cowboys since mm. after the Super Bowl, they haven't really gone past the first round of the playoffs. Hmm. I think it's a little bit worse than that because the Capitals were constantly in the playoffs. I think, and I'm actually looking that up right now to see what their what their history has been. But, uh, the, the, I mean, just look at these all-time top 24 players. You have, um, uh, I mean, you got Andre Dawson, Vladimir Guerrero, Mike Zimmerman, Bryce Harper. There's Pedro Martinez, um, Marquise Grissom, Larry Walker, just uh, uh, Gio Gonzalez. Just a, a slew of talent that that franchise has had, and now it's, it's all been squandered. So uh, here we go. So... Since Ovechkin was drafted, I think in 06, I want to say, mm-hmm. the 05-06 season, I could be wrong, um, they have been, they've lost, they made it to the playoffs, one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> the six, Steelers took a bunch of seven, eight, nine, That's, ten out of eleven the seasons. Were, were, were a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the entire, I mean, it was a soap opera, really, days, right. days of our Steelers. Days of our Steelers. So the Capitals made it to the playoffs 10 of 11 seasons since uh, with Ovechkin. Uh-huh. And they never, that whole time, never made it to the conference final. I like how in, uh, I've, I've placed on the top right corner. It's just a bunch of Major League Baseball fights <laughs> going on. Just in case you, you guys don't really want to see what's going on on the screen, just look at that top right corner, and we've got a bunch of uh, baseball brawls. Oh, and I the, think yeah, you got the host, the 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 Runyan Odor punch to Jose Bautista going that on. That was a that was beautiful. Oh no, it's fantastic. It's uh, we actually should have like a list of our favorite baseball brawls. Well, for me at least, it, the the number one has to be the Nolan Ryan Nugget. Robin Ventura. The Nuggie. The Nuggie. That was beautiful. <laughs> the headlock. 
Um, okay. So oh, one more thing before we go on, if uh-huh. I may. I just want to point out how quickly contracts have skyrocketed in Major League Baseball. That's why, because uh, we're going to keep going on this topic of, of salaries and... Right. Because there was, throughout this offseason, all of these Major League Baseball players saying that the system doesn't work. The system doesn't work. Like, the, like the owners are against us, there's collusion, whatever is going on. Mm-hmm. And then you see a $300 million contract, a $270 million extension, and a $330 million contract. And it's like, where's the issue here? Justin Verlander complaining when he got a hundred and something million dollar contract. It's, right. It's hard for us, the, the, the uh, us peons, us, us peasants, <laughs> us peasants to, 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 to fathom that that's not working. Right. Uh, even the Major League Baseball um, minimum wage, minimum salary, uh, let's see, as of 2017, was $535,000. I instantly, dis- like, my my debt goes away immediately with one Major League Baseball season. Exactly. Like, I, I will just ride the bench, okay? <laughs> I will get them water and whatever. Like, I'd be the equipment manager at the same time if they wanted me to. For that amount of money. Charles makes a good point. Trout steel will be massive in the beginning years and then decline in the later years. Basically the opposite of what Giancarlo got. Right. Well, there's and a reason to I that. really do yes. think, and then again, I thought Harper was going to be a $400 million man, but I I think that Trout is going to be the guy be, beat the, be the guy that breaks $400 million. He's just such a well-rounded player. I'm not saying that Harper is a bad player in the field, but Trout is a true five-tool player. He doesn't really have any weaknesses. He can steal bases. He can throw the ball like heck. He can... He's essentially... Um, I, I guess Barry Bonds in a way, because Barry Bonds was that five-tool player beforehand. Pre-steroids. Yes. Allegedly. Uh, what, what, what were you saying, Charles, about... Um... So this is the reason why his contract is going to be inflated in probably the first four years and then depressed afterwards, the age, because mm-hmm. he's going to be, I think, 30 or 31. And as we know in baseball, a hitter can hit. He might not be able to hit far when age comes in, but if he's accurate and he knows how to read the pitches, he can connect. One of the best things about Trout, besides being efficient and consistent, because that's the one thing Bryce Harper was in the last year, is that Trout is a very consistent hitter. Um, so you, you hit him hard. You know, we talked about the $400 million thing. Uh, who could be that guy? Bryce, I thought was going to be in the 35 mil range, but he settled mm-hmm. for average money but longer span guarantee, which I get. Trout mm-hmm. kind of lost that negotiations when he signed a six-year, $144 million contract with the Angels back in 2014. So now what happens is you're saying, screw the years. Let me get a high inflated annual salary to eat up. Because, yeah, think about it, $40 million. Let's just give it that figure for four years is a lot of money to be making at 31 to 35. Yeah. And then you have a very tradable contract near the end. Because let's say if it drops from 40 to 25, well, hell, someone's going to eat that for the last couple of years as a DH hitter, assuming the NL doesn't adapt. I think come five, six years from now, you're going to get an NL DH uh, personally. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I think that the Phillies are banking on it. 
which yeah. I'll be honest, well, I really hope to. that doesn't happen, but it's inevitable, I think. I mean, I'm all for it, to be honest. I am done I, with... I, too. I mean, I am done with seeing... Uh, Bartolo freaking Colon. I mean, Come it, on. I mean, he, he, Maybe he, the only guy who's 60 pitching and hitting because of steroids, but hey. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I just think that the game was going to benefit from it. Baseball needs more flashiness now, more than ever. And uh, seeing pitchers' head is no longer sexy. It's 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 not the same like when Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox were doing those commercials. Hmm. It's um, and for those of you who who don't know, think like somewhere in like the early two thousands, late nineties, there was a commercial with like Tom Glavin and and Greg Maddox because I think they had like home like they they were pretty good hitting pitchers for like maybe like a month or something during that right. season, and they just kind of made a commercial about to to quote the. To quote the commercial, chicks dig the long ball. Chicks dig the long ball. There you go. And uh, I I know there's a lot of traditionalists, but, I mean, baseball used to be played with bats that could be shaped in any way. Baseball used to be played without gloves. Baseball used to be played without helmets. It, it's just, it's, uh, outfields used to be 500 feet uh, dead center mm-hmm. with, a, with like a, like a, 60 foot backstop things have changed baseball baseball parks are smaller uh, i don't know what they're doing to the baseball supposedly there was like that rumor that they did something to the baseball like mm-hmm. the material to make it fly further or bounce further the opposite of the dead ball era the and were juiced. and baseball needs baseball needs this um, i think at some point the records are not going to matter as much compared to pre i guess barry bonds i think after barry bonds it's just kind of like do we do we really have to care about all of these records because in baseball the records are more more revered compared to nfl records Mm -hmm. or nhl records or or or, uh, nba records so uh, for me i've I mean, I've seen, I already saw Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs. I already saw him sit, hit 756. I saw the home run chase. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good uh, with record breaking at this point. Yeah. And, it, hey, let's let's free up the rules and, and make this into Mario Superstar Baseball. <laughs> yeah. Next thing they need to do is they need to get some of those, those Nerf bats that Mark McGuire. Speaking of, uh, all right, guys. Because uh, it's one of the topics that I want to talk about. Um, mm. uh, that it's baseball related, okay. and it's just something I know that will eat up time. What's your favorite um, baseball video game ever? You want to start, Charles? I mean, damn! Like the the one I took seriously that I enjoyed was MVP All Star, or it's the one by EA. I think it was the one that had. Ramirez 2005. That is yes. the one and only correct answer. End of segment. Really? Really? You. There are things that MVP, MVP Baseball 2005 is do, that did that MLB The Show 2019 still hasn't gotten around to do. There was an, uh, an SB Nation article about two years ago saying MVP Baseball 2005 was the best sports video game ever. Sports video game. 
That includes your FIFAs and your Maddens and your NHLs and your NBA 2Ks. I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't played that many sports games in other sports. For me, it's usually baseball games and hockey games and NCAA football. But... <clears throat> EA. <laughs> yes, all EA. I get it. But the game was just so deep the graphics were great for their time and they still let's be honest they still hold up fairly well even today um the and look at the soundtrack here and the soundtrack too was amazing look at this finding out true love is blind by uh louis the 14th you owe me an iou haha heat the IROC Z song, the high speed scene, Let It Dive, and You Will Know Us by the Child Dead, Someday, The Strokes, An Honest Mistake, The Bravery, Tessie, Dropkick Murphys, Funny Little Feeling, Rockets, Roll Soldiers. I mean, wow. It was a great game overall. Apparently, we're watching a trailer here, so I'll let that play to show the wonderful nostalgia. I never. I actually didn't play it. You need to come over to my place. I still have it. I still have the for, original Xbox. Oh, for Xbox. Uh, by, well, gosh. I mean, I've, I'm particular to, I guess from a nostalgia standpoint, World Series Baseball 98 on the Sega Saturn. That was pretty good. Because, uh, look, Lance Berkman. Um, <laughs> oh, man, that's a player I forgot about. Uh, <laughs> that might have to be our well, player this week. <laughs> um, uh, World Series Baseball 98 had Chipper Jones on the cover. Uh, only for the Sega Saturn. I don't think there was a Sega Genesis version. I do believe they made an arcade version of it, though. Maybe, maybe, but just the fact that that was actually my truly my first baseball video game. I used to play it with my dad all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I would pretty much always pick the Marlins as my squad, and, and the beauty about that game was it had essentially the 97 roster, so mm -hmm. it was probably the best Marlins game team you could have uh in any sports video game because ever since well, maybe the 2003 squad you're not going to get a good marlins team right okay uh that's my favorite baseball game like baseball simulation game mm -hmm. now non-simulation now i enjoyed mlb slugfest uh, oh yeah before parents in the early 2000s started complaining that it was too violent NHL Hits was also really good, too. Yeah, NHL Hits, NFL Blitz, all that whole uh, series of... NBA Jam. Uh, pretty much any of those larger-than-life larger games. Uh, well, NBA good. Jam still continues, but it's just those hyper-violent uh, games from, I think, was it Acclaim or Midway? One of, those guys, one of those two made that series of sports games. And it was just... Freaking parents ruin everything, you know? Mm -hmm. they, they just don't understand... And, um, gosh, a hyper-realistic MLB, uh, MLB uh, slugfest nowadays would be really fun. Oh, you yeah. could actually have Bryce Harper throwing a helmet, and you might actually have him throw it accurately. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Uh, and, uh, I mean, then there's the other larger-than-life baseball games. Um, I'm particular to Mario Superstar Baseball on the GameCube mm -hmm. because of uh, it has Mario, it's baseball, uh, and it's really fun. They, the players actually commit errors and everything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you have actually have to you have to construct your team to have chemistry. 
So you can't just have Bowser and Peach on the same team. It doesn't make sense. Right. Okay. Peach is not like if she's at third base and Bowser's at first. Peach is just gonna throw all over the place because she does not trust them whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So you need to you need to have that sort of Mario history in mind. Like, yeah, you know, Luigi, Luigi and Waluigi really don't get along. So I probably shouldn't have them as my as my double play tandem. That, that's what Mario Superstar Baseball. It made you think. It made you think like a manager and a GM in the Mario universe of, of baseball. So that was kind of like the nice, cool twist that I liked about that game. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Mario Tennis. I remember when that first came out? Gosh, Mar I mean, that was so I don't fun. have the, Charles. Do you have Mario Tennis Aces? Yes, I recommend it. I like it. Okay, I, I, I mean, because I, I, I've been, I've always wavered on it, but I don't know if. If I if I want to take the plunge because I, I still consider Mario Power Tennis on the GameCube the best of the series. I mean, for my thing is you got to remember, we're past the days where friends come over, mm. so the idea that I can do online play against friends or even go against people randomly keeps it going, keeps it funneling, mm. and that's always gonna come back, you know. And what they do is they have. Uh, you can unlock players per month that you participate in their online tournaments, but it's fun. I mean, it's simple, but strategic. It makes you intense. I popped in like 10 hours and that might seem low to some people, but aside from me being Mr. Professional, test matches are not the longest, you know, sessions. So, or at least in a video game world. So it's many games that come in mm. and, you know, sometimes you're playing with rackets and characters and everything got special. It's good, clean, wholesome fun. It might be my second favorite Mario sports game because for really? me, I've always enjoyed. Yeah, for me, I've always enjoyed Mario Super Strikers, the one that came out on the Wii. I played so much of that. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I did like Mario Golf though, but that's because golf could be a fun video game when it's not Tiger Woods on the uh, on the band of things. I don't know. It depends. You, you go to Best Buy, use my number, get a discount. You get like twenty <laughs> bucks. You'll be happy. That's my answer. Everything promo code uh you know discount discount <laughs> <laughs> um boy that reminds me of uh let's see south park tiger woods of when uh tiger woods had his uh little marital dilemma oh boy yeah PGA sports tiger woods pga tour 11 competing all the major tournaments <laughs> Then flee your furious wife. <laughs> There's so much we can comment on that, and I will hold on for the moment until the later joke that I have planned out comes up. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I love South Park so much. I just, I just. This is so great. I mean, I play that game. And of course, this all happened in our neck of the woods, mm -hmm. which is even better. Freedom power up. Freedom power up. Tiger Woods PGA Tour 11 coming soon. Oh boy. Uh, okay, let me cancel out of this <laughs> before we see more South Park clips. Uh, Does Forza count? Forza as a sports game? Yeah. I mean, asks. from a racing video game perspective, because I know uh, Doug, Dougie Souls, is a massive racing fan. Mm -hmm. He's all up in the F1 stuff and everything like that. Forza. Gosh. 
Mikey, NCAA I, 14. I had Forza. I mean, I had Forza on my computer. I actually enjoyed it as a racing simulator. Um, I like Forza 3. I have Forza 6 on my PC. Uh, yeah. That one, that one's pretty good. And it's a free. It's free to play on PC if anybody wants that. Mm. Uh, um, NCAA 14 because it was the last one, right? So everybody just kind of RIPs so. that one. Uh, as far as other sports video games, I'm very particular to the 2K series Dreamcast stage because I I bought NFL 2K1. NBA 2K1 and World Series Baseball 2K1, which isn't really that good, but your creative character in World Series Baseball 2K1 can hit like 600 foot bombs. <laughs> so that was my that was my favorite. So I would just put a whole bunch of players that could hit 600 foot bombs. Although, what was the game that MLB game that we played? It was the week that Andre uh, that Adrian Beltre retired. Uh, that was uh, that was MLB. Oh gosh. All-Star Baseball. All-Star Baseball, like, 2000 or whatever with Derek Jeter on the cover. That was the only game... That was the only one of those games that I played, but it was amazing because it had the... The cheat the, codes. The, the swimming players. Yeah, the cheat codes. <laughs> when everything was just nice and silly. Uh, and... Does Tony Hawk count? Tony Hawk? I mean... It does. Okay. Not the last one. Don't That one doesn't count for anybody. Tony Hawk... THPS 3 is the greatest of those, I think. 1, 2, and 3. I think that trilogy. And then they kind of just... I mean, they had 4, and then they had the, the weird one where he's just going downhill for some reason. That's all he does. Although, um... THPS Underground was pretty good, too. It had really kind yeah. of like a, a real storyline to it. Yeah. That's... I. It's kind of like... I mean, because then you start getting into that whole, like, fantasy, because there's Tony Hawk, and then there's, like, EA Skate, which I, I heard was more, more It's authentic. much more realistic. Yeah, more authentic to, to skating. Um, now, we can kind of pivot this, because we're talking about sports video games. Mm-hmm. Kind of pivot to, to wrestling video games. Oh, boy. You know, because I feel like we could pivot in this little kind of segue into some other segments that we can talk about here but i am very particular to wwe um no mercy on the nintendo 64 that's yes Uh, that's my comment i I mean i'm currently playing a wrestling game as we speak which is wwe 2k something 18 18 18. yeah okay Okay, so i'm stealing the reins here oh i'm taking it (laughs) My, my favorite, I love me both WCW and WO uh, Revenge World Tour and then WCW or WWF No Mercy just because it's just the dearth of characters and moves and intensity that you have. Seeing the dramatic outlines of the one, two, three coming on when your friend who, because how it worked for me is I only owned like one of them. I had a, you know, N64 games were expensive back in the day. Mm. I had one, but I had like one of the WFs. I didn't have like No Mercy. So I would go to Hollywood Video. Or blockbuster rent them renting yes. them out playing up but then i had one friend anthony Matos, who i still remember now who would be like oh yo man i got this come over and we go over and i swear to god that son of a you know i can't say it on our twitch but that son of a b he knew some moves and some buttons that he wouldn't tell me because he was always beating me and i'm like i'm not trash i can get good but you're holding me back but i would borrow it from him and i would devoid hours into it so it was fun coming back into the modern day stuff you know 
for those who know, I'm a big wrestling fan. When I was out in North Carolina, South Carolina area, I saw the live SmackDown that just happened. Um, I, the new stuff that I like is it's kind of like the Madden GM franchise out there, the WWE Universe. I can just kind of book my own show. So it's that mindless daydream that I do during work that I can put on now. So I like a little bit of the present, <laughs> but I love me a little bit of the past. And just look at it now. You see Sting coming down. And then it was Sting and fake Sting, and then you had Hogan, and then when you win the belts, and you, you know, the greatest thing about the wrestling games were if you were a big wrestling supporter like me, guys who never get a challenge in real life, you could create like a story or a match. And you know, let me tell you something: those 64 polygons are real sexy compared to uh, some of those other games that are on the N64, because though both that and PlayStation One, those games did not age well. Uh, but man, I mean, and No Mercy, you didn't just have a lot of wrestlers; you had a lot of like kind of matches first blood falls count anywhere um ladder matches hell in the so i think the only thing they didn't have was a bra and panties match but if they had a way to make you know women's breasts not look pointy cones they do it too <laughs> so many opportunities and then as you see from there they had uh big tournaments they had also a contract with some of the you know new japan people or i guess not new japan but overseas so there was dude you never heard of that was there and if you, for, we're switching to WCW and NWO here. If you hated the NWO, you were Team WCW and vice versa. And then if you were WWF No Mercy 64, you were just there to kind of be the rock and lay the smack down on some jabroni's candy ass. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Creta player. Um, that too. <laughs> for for WWE No, uh, no Mercy. Uh, or maybe it was WWF at that point, but... Um, it was just it's just a huge nostalgia trip for me because it was uh my best friend Luis he had he had uh, this he had this game and he had um WWE No Mercy and when he got No Mercy like that became a staple of sleepovers like that needed yes. to be played 1 to 2 hours along with Mario Party and Super Smash Brothers like uh and I I'm I'm not like a wrestling fan the only reason i know these guys is because of the video games but that's okay mm -hmm. like like the video games were fun uh they were actually pretty um pretty revolutionary for that time and they probably one of the better looking video games at that point one of the better controlling video games and and it didn't really matter if i won or lost i just still had a blast doing it uh playing the game playing the story modes that they would put in there like it was, it, it this is, this is great, and I, I don't know how how do these compare to the video games nowadays, Charles? Because I haven't kept up since maybe the the GameCube, WrestleMania, and um, PS2 yeah. SmackDown games. They're more polished, but they're not as hyper arcadey. Uh, I mean, they're still fun per se, but if you said Charles, I got an N64 of WCW and NWO World Tour or you know wwf no mercy 64 like the newest uh wwe game i say why aren't we getting that uh n64 out right now right because it's part of nostalgia but if you see right there you know you don't really have the whole trigger bonus to say kick out or not you just get a spirit you get the time clock and then you get the verse and of course my boy rick flair's there woo! uh you know just doing woo, doing his best that he can um just like you, I, I killed a lot of time there. Though I would disagree with you, Francisco, and say it was all about winning. That's loser talk. You ain't yeah. a loser. Come on. Go back in the ring. Train. Get in it. Learn your tricks. Um, I loved it, man. I loved it. It was always fun. All right. Before we move on from mm -hmm. games, I just uh, 
I guess we should do an in memoriam here because I didn't know much about him personally, but I think it's worth mentioning. Former WWE star King Kong Bundy passed away yesterday, and yeah. I'm not sure if you knew much about him, Charles, but I figured if anyone's going to be able to say something about him, it would be you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know a little bit about the King Kong Bundy. Um, basically, take a big man who wasn't imposing like Andre the Giant, but was a good kind of like tread away for Andre the Giant. He was big in the early 80s, you know, at that time when Vince spot. Uh, WWF from his father. He loved, he wanted big muscular men or dudes who were kind of like massive feet. So King Kong Bunny basically looked like the love child of Andre the Giant and Dusty Rhodes, in my opinion. Um, you know, and in wrestling, you know, you got to remember at the end of the day for wrestlers, they're carnies, right? So if you're out of like the big staples and you got to go around, what's the recognizability? This guy was a huge man, 6'4", 458 pounds a larger life persona who wrestled from 1981 to 2007 and he had some feuds going on with Hogan he had a few going on with uh I believe Andre the Giant himself because they had the whole like he was a big guy coming in but he was a good transition wrestler I would say well, transition not being a derogatory term in wrestling those wrestling fans get what I mean by that but it's more or less um, you know he was just a good in-between build you know he I'm trying to see if he ever did get like a big belt out of it because um, that's the thing you know he never won like the main titles there but he was also in like the nwa which was their own little thing uh it were like the predecessors to wcw and whatnot but it's a guy that was recognizable uh every now and then i saw a couple of his matches because i have the wwe network non-sponsor of the week right there paid 10 bucks to see classic wrestling or modern day wrestling wow. um but he was enjoyable but you know he was good for putting some guys over like Hogan himself, because um, you got to think, you know, Hogan against Andre the Giant was like, holy crap, can he slam this guy? Hogan against King Kong Bunny, if you're the guy's like, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, big dudes help put over other guys who may need it more or less. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's upsetting a lot. It's weird because wrestlers kind of have short lifespans. King Kong Bunny died recently. Who else? I'm trying to think who else had died. I think Vader died. Um, yeah. Big Van Vader for those who do WCW and for guys who watched uh, Boy Meets World, uh, you know, he was the big guy's uh, dad. I don't remember his name, you know, uh, the fat guy's character, the one that uh, was always bossing around Sean and Corey. No, we'll walk down that memory lane on another day when we <laughs> okay. have to. Um, I'm trying to think of what other big highlights that I can think of with him, but he. I know enough, but he, he wasn't like a guy that stood out to me. I got a few others from the 80s, but overall, a good guy, consumer. And then, you know, I know when he died, you know, because I follow my own news feed for the wrestling, a lot of people pay tribute to him. So not only was he just helping further his career, but he was also trying to further the development of these young wrestlers who had a dream and watched this guy play through. So he mentored, like, one of my favorite wrestlers, like Kevin Owens um, and a few other people. So he seems like an all-around guy because in wrestling, remember, you take and then you give back, and that's what it seemed like he was doing. All right, all right, guys. Uh, so that's our we we talked about video games, talked about baseball, we talked about wrestling. So let's go on to football. Um, I actually want to talk Fulber Cup because we have it's been two weeks and mm -hmm. there's got somebody had to have punched a guy in the face or something <laughs> like that. And I want to know. I just want to know. So what do you got for us, Andrew? Well, do, do your disclaimers, of course. Of course. Standard disclaimer. I. This is not the official podcast of Fulmer Cup. But we want to be. 
I'll, we will we'll work <laughs> on that. <laughs> we will work on that. So we are not the official sponsor of podcast of Fulmer Cup, but we decide to bring spread the word out into the world because the Fulmer Cup is a beautiful thing. So this is the Sports Goose Weekly, well, now hopefully again weekly, Fulmer Cup update. So since we last met, there have been four... One, two, five arrests. Three were from one team off of one incident. So I will begin with them in chronological order. Ivan Corbin Jr., J.D. King, and Logan Wright of Georgia Southern University were arrested for... I had it here. Uh, I can search for it while you're looking. Disorderly conduct. Uh, I don't believe they ever specified what exactly they did. Let's see. Dis- yeah, it just says disorderly conduct charges. As far as I know, nothing was ever Alrighty, yeah. released so, on what they specifically three did. Three Georgia Southern football players arrested over a weekend. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's their photos. Their mugshots. Uh, booked into Bullock County Jail. Disorderly conduct. They were arrested between 3.47 and 4 a.m. on Sunday for the misdemeanor charges. They were later released. Uh, head coach said they're aware of the situation, blah, 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 internally uh, disappointed with the decisions that were made, and hopefully we can use it as a learning experience for our entire team as we move forward. Uh, let's see. One is 20. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. The 21 Corbin Jr. is a Warner Robins native while rising. Which is in hails from, Yeah, hails from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, King 20 is set to redshirt season per NCAA rules after transferring from Oklahoma State in December. and But no, not really much details as to what they were doing. They were probably just goofing off. Next up is Mississippi State University kicker, and I'm not 100% sure My on that. My brother-in-law's going to love that. What's that? My brother-in-law's going to love that. He's a, <laughs> he's a former Bulldog. Um... Clanga Clanga for all of our Mississippi State fans out there. Uh, so this is Mississippi State kicker, and I'm maybe pronouncing his name correctly, who knows, Jace Christman. Christman was arrested for driving under the influence and failing to dim his headlights. Wow. Okay. There it is. So nothing overly exciting there. Got his mugshot there. Yep, that is Mr. Christman. And last but not least, from this, from the past two weeks, is Georgia uh, defensive back Latavius Brinney. He actually plays as a safety, but defensive back is kind of a catch-all term. He. This isn't the first time he's been in trouble with the law, but the other time it, the charges were dismissed. Oh, let me get to the one here. He was charged with simple battery. It, again, doesn't specify what exactly happened, but, again, simple battery, the charge for Latavius Brinney. The last time... Well, I've got it here. So, Thursday, February 28th, uh, he was arrested at 8.18 p.m. and charged with misdemeanor simple battery. He was released on 18.50 bond. At 10.19 p.m., according to Athens-Clark County jail logs, the arrest stemmed from an incident that occurred five days earlier. 
The victim and witnesses said Brini open-handed slapped a man on the side of the head. <laughs> on the side of the head. I'm sorry, but it's funny. Uh, open hand slapped a man on the side of the head in the early hours of Saturday, February 23rd, according to an ACCPD police report. A witness said Brini repeatedly bumped into them and another friend who was sitting in a booth with a group. Hmm. Oh, uh, okay. After one of the witnesses engaged in a verbal con- confrontation with Brinny, the group in the booth went outside and Brinny followed them. Oh the witnesses said Brinny then took off his jacket and appeared to be fronting, in quotation marks, the group <laughs> as it waited on an Uber. When a male member of the group stepped in after Brinny was talking loudly and gesturing like he wanted to fight, Brinny rep- reportedly slapped him in the head and ran away. The incident occurred around 1.35 a.m. on February 23rd. There was still a red mark on the victim's right temple when the incident was reported at 1.58 a.m. This is, like you said, not his first run-in with the law. I have to say this because this is beautiful. Again, the charges were dropped, but he was alleged to have produced a counterfeit $100 bill at a pet supply store. Aww. I mean, I don't know what pet he has, but, you know, aw. Uh, Brinny stood by his innocent and claimed that it was a mis- case of mistaken identity. Oh, that was the charges that were dropped. Correct. Uh, and he's from Miami Gardens. Woo! So And uh, went, to Hi- went to Hialeah oh, really? for school. Um, okay. Modern Academy Charter. Okay. So he's from our neck of the woods. So that is all that has happened in the past two weeks in the world of Fulmer Cup disorderly conduct or misbehavior, I guess you can call it. Once again, right now, points have not been officially awarded to any of the teams, so there is no official team in the lead in terms of points. However, I can tell you that the team with the most offenders is, I believe, Nebraska. So the Huskers are finally winning something. Correct. So we will have more on that for you as time moves on. Alrighty. So AAF is still happening. I completely have not paid attention whatsoever. All I know is I've been paying attention to more to empty seat picks coverage of AAF than anything else. And then, of course, that was a whole controversy of them not being able to pay their players for some reason. They had to get the Carolina Hurricanes owner to kind of like fund money to help with that. But, you know. Yeah, it was $250 million, and he is now the chairman of the AAF. <laughs> when you put in that much money, yeah, you better become the chairman. There are rumors as to, as you kind of hit on, there are rumors as to whether the league was going insolvent, that, uh, that the league wasn't going to be able to survive, that players weren't going to be paid, uh, paid money for the second week. There are rumors that the XFL... The new XFL was planting those rumors to to make the AAF, their competition when they start next season, look unstable. Who knows? But for now, all we know is the, was it the president, the owner, was someone from the Carolina Hurricanes. He's the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. Put in $250 million. That's all we know for sure. And I just wanted to make a quick aside. The Carolina Hurricanes are wearing their Hartford Whalers uniforms tonight. Woo-hoo. 
against the Boston Bruins to further stick it in the face of Hartford. You're never getting your team back, by the way. Which I'm very sad about because, let's be honest, I think... I think the Hartford Whalers have one of the best logos in sports history. And they're currently winning one nothing over the Bruins. It's, it's good luck because the last time they played in these, they won. Too bad they're not playing at home. I would love to see what... Uh, what is the thing they do at the end of games when the they win? The Storm Surge. The Storm Surge. I wonder what they would call it if it was the Hartford Whalers. The... The... I don't know. The Whale Slap. The... The Tail... <laughs> the the tail. The blubber, the uh, the beach whale. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, I have no idea what else we could we could uh, the shamu. I'm not even sure. Um, Okay, shamu shamrock. Uh, Let me just quickly. Yeah, it's a it's March, right? Shamu shamrock. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, maybe that's why they're wearing it. It's green. (laughs) They might wear Uh, it on St. Patty's Day if they're they're playing a home game. Um, Although they're in they're away right now. The yeah, they're in Boston. Right. That's why I said to further stick it to Hartford. Right, but I don't know. You never know on St. Patty's Day. Even if they're away, they can still wear it. Unless they're playing like the Dallas Stars or something. Oh, that'd be pretty fun. They're both in green. Uh, yeah, that, just a huge, huge aside from that. Uh, but I just wanted to make note of these these glorious uniforms. Um, Let me just briefly hit on what Freddie came up with. Freddie is kind of our unofficial resident AAF correspondent. Expansion sites. That is correct. But first, let me get to the one and only Fred Rank. Fred Rank is, I've said before, what I think is the best ranking system in, in sports. It is does an amazing job with college football. And he, Fred, has brought it over to... AAF football, and he does also do the NFL. So his rankings are from bottom to top. The Atlanta Legends, who got their first win this week. Then Memphis, I believe they also got their first win. Expansion sites, potential expansion sites, are Albuquerque, Columbus, Dayton, Ohio, Des Moines, Louisville, Oklahoma City, Omaha, and Portland. OKC. So, hmm. once again, trying to avoid NFL cities for the most part. So far, the only the only team that is in an NFL stadium or NFL city is Atlanta. The others have established, although San Diego kinda, but the AAF saw an opportunity when the Chargers screw you, Stanis. Spanos. F.U. Spanos. <laughs> F.U. Spanos. Copyright uh, urinating tree. So, San Diego is the only one doesn't technically have an NFL team anymore, but there was a void left by the Chargers' departure, so the AAF decided to step in there. And I had said this before. I think the only way that this city, this, this league is going to survive is to be in cities that don't have a major league franchise and essentially minor league cities albuquerque home of the isotopes right um columbus well that's uh, it's more college football central with ohio state and of course they have the blue jackets of the nhl right um and then you have another place in ohio in dayton they have the the uh, dragons yeah the dragons they have minor dayton, league baseball yeah, um the, the dayton flyers um uh des moines iowa iowa doesn't have any sort of i mean except 
they they, they have an AHL and an uh, NBA G League team, and, and they have two FBS football teams, okay. Iowa and Iowa State, and probably have a minor league team as well. That's possible for, for baseball. Louisville um, has the Cardinals. Oh, they have the Cubs, I think. The Iowa Cubs. Yes, Des Moines. And holy crap, it's Cesar. It's Cesar. Oh holy my god. My. After a brief hiatus. Holy oh. dude. Haley's comment oh, is right. We can actually talk about the NBA. Holy crap. Yeah, let's do it, guys. <laughs> for those that are new to the show or have been gone for the past couple of weeks, Cesar has been completely unavailable for probably... Through no fault of his own. Through no fault of his own. I'm for probably the, the last Coast. month. Right. I'm also on the West Coast, so you guys are off of work. Caesar has to still work. I have to feed myself. Yeah. Boy's gotta eat. He's gotta write some motions. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's get to the NBA soon. I just. Uh, so, anyway. Finishing I, up the AAF. And then also, Mikey wants us to hit the combine. <laughs> hey, man. Some people are oh, following let's it. Let's do the combine. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we haven't talked about the combine just yet. And I have a lot to say about LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to get your take on what the hell is going on out there because it's probably the most interesting story in the NBA. I'm not going to bash LeBron. No, not no. completely no. at least. At least not completely. Well, but I have... Definitely. Yeah, we, we have our thoughts, that's for sure. Save, save them up. Get them ready. Get them ready. I got them ready. Oh, believe me, they're always ready. Oh. So just to wrap things up really quick on the AAF, the Orlando Apollos are the only remaining undefeated team. They are 4-0. Birmingham lost their first game this week. It was a pretty close one, but they ended up not being able to pull it out. Uh, every team now has a win. And this week we had a... a Well, two major milestones happened. One was the first safety... Yeah, <laughs> they became a real league after that, and it was a beautiful one. Uh, look it up; it, it's even the commentators were saying, "Don't do that," because the guy was out of his end zone, ran back into the end zone to try and get away from defenders, and was tackled in the end zone. Um, and then also, I'm not sure if you all follow John Boyce from SB Nation. But a few years ago, he created something called Scorigami, which is, just just to briefly define it, is the art of finding... Oh, thank you very much. So this is the play I was mentioning after this brief commercial break with Mayim Bialy. Um, right. So it's the art of finding NFL scores that have not happened before. Yes, Mikey, oh. Boyce is my boy. See, here we go. Okay, so... Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> why would you do that? Oh, because they're in the AF. That's why. <laughs> what? Wow. That is like... He's not getting signed to uh, Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, who was that? I didn't catch the name, unfortunately. Oh, thank Rashad God we Ross. don't know his name. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Scorigami. Yeah, Rashad Ross. Okay, damn. So Scorigami is the art of finding NFL scores that have not occurred. They still happen, but they're much rarer than they used to be. Um, I think we get a, like a. I don't know the numbers, but we get at least one a season at this point. Someone started a, an AAF Scorigami, and. 
they recently broke the record for the long, for the most number of games with no repeating scores. Um, at least compared to the old XFL, they went 15 games without a repeated score. AAF has now gone 16 games without a repeated score. So some history history on two fronts was made this week in the Alliance of American Football. All righty. So, and then should we? Well, should we're, we, we're about halfway through almost. I guess we should do our non-sponsors. Yeah, non-sponsors, yeah, sure. I think Cesar should go ahead and do this one. Dude, you got something you want to promote? Some stuff, some fashion, some food, some some sushi. I know you love sushi. <laughs> oh, raw fish is great. Um, <laughs> shout out to raw fish. Not just gonna, shout out. To, well, obviously, shout out to raw fish. That's always a shout out. But I'll go Wiki Pokey. That's um, the Pokey place right below my office. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Did you did you have that? Uh, here? Yeah, I, there, I I still haven't eaten at all the places there. I haven't eaten at the falafel place or any of that stuff yet. But I, I'm getting there. You'll, you'll figure it out. I'm pretty but sure I might be going out there this month, but okay. Oh, nice. I think. They asked me for my schedule. Uh, but that's an aside. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> but Wikipokey, the place where, one, they give you the biggest portions in all of L.A., and Ooh. two, yeah, and it's actually relatively modest. And that price. means something, because <laughs> L.A. is the second largest city in this country. <laughs> exactly. And it's modestly priced at under $11 for a lunch. That's not it's bad. A great deal. No, it's not, and it's great, and it's it's great raw fish. Yeah, you don't have to so eat at Carl's Pokey. Jr. every day. <laughs> oh, never would. But Wiki Pokey for the win. Wiki Pokey for the win. All right, Wiki Pokey. Uh, discount discount code. Pokey. Pokey for the win. Yeah, How Pokey. do you spell Pokey? Pokemon. Well, like poke. P O K E. Got it. Yeah. So poke. Poke fifteen. Poke fifteen. Poke 15. All right. Francisco, you want to go next? Uh, sure. My shout-out is also to food. Excellent. Um, I, I've never had a threesome before, but... Oh, wow. Okay, we're... <laughs> the closest I've ever gotten All right, is... Uh, all right, we, time to shut it down, everybody. <laughs> the closest I've ever gotten is... <laughs> the... Well, I'm assuming two people. <laughs> <laughs> the closest I've ever gotten is Tres Leches cakes. Okay. 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 Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a Hispanic delicacy of a dessert, and it's one of the greatest things ever created, aside from arepas. But essentially, it is it is a cake, and it uses Tres Leches, which is three milks in Spanish. There's a a place called the Tres Leches Factory. It might as well just be called heaven because they just, that's all they do. They just make that stuff every day. It's tres leches. I mean, it's its so freaking good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look it up right now. It's Mikey crazy. just suggested that we need to create a, a sports goose after dark. <laughs> yeah. And I, let's see, on Valentine's Day, I, I had a, not a threesome, but... <laughs> But I bought some press oh, leches for uh, an occasion. And uh, first time I ever visited the Tres Leches factory, it's there on screen. It's in South Florida. And I, I can't have it every day or else I'll have diabetes. Um, but I'm telling you, if you ever see this on a menu, just get it. There's a thing called Cuatro Leches, which is four milks. But I don't consider it as good as Tres Leches. 
Uh, I don't that know. makes no sense. Well, about, four is better than three. Start off with the three sum and then. Yeah, and then we'll work our way <laughs> up before I'm just this. Yeah. yeah, before I have an orgy don't of cake or something. You'll hurt yourself. Yeah, I have to stretch <laughs> and everything. But yeah, Tres Leches Factory. Yeah, so uh, promo code is threesomes. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Trojan. <laughs> That's another non-sponsor for another week. Okay. All right, Charles, you want to go ahead with this one? All right, so I had many things that, uh, you know, made me contemplate what my sponsor should have been. I was on vacation. I was in South Carolina. I was in North Carolina. When I was in North Carolina, I watched some wrestling, SmackDown mm-hmm. Live, and I watched some basketball, Hornets v. Uh, Rockets. However, we're on the topic of food, and even though it's not a threesome experience, what I had in South Carolina <laughs> is the equivalent of kissing Jesus. My non-sponsor uh, sponsor week is a little, uh, you know, little-known place called Burger and Barley's, and what I had there was the Brennan Burger. And guys, it is a donut burger. It is oh, a donut as the. Speaking bun. of diabetes. <laughs> No, 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 it's not diabetes. It's it's the last meal. It's what Charles Manson asked for, and they just said, "Well, he didn't get executed." It's what Ted Bunny asked for, uh, but they just couldn't get it to him in time. So it's glazed donuts sliced in half, each part being a bun. It is the, the beef fatty. It is the cheese. It is the bacon. It has an egg on it, and my goodness, that with a with a beer, I I was in heaven, and it was so sweet. I took a picture of it. I'll send it to the group chat. Uh, I, I was just so happy. And, you know, it's weird. I don't necessarily like to um, put up local sponsors in that sense or local places because I want everybody who is listening because they could be anywhere around the, the nation or the world to get a taste of it. But if you find yourself in South Carolina and Rock Hill, you go, you pay 13 bucks for this burger. Yeah, it's left there. And then, and then you just attack it. And you attack it like it's the end of your life and you have no other choice because I – was in heaven, and I'm going to send that photo to the chat so you guys can see that beauty and do what you want with it. But you guys, <laughs> burgers and barley, the Brennan Burger, it was like $13. Do yourself a favor if you find yourself in Rock Hill, South Carolina, get that burger and Oh, my enjoy. God. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, did good. you find it? I, I might have. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> speaking of kiss, uh, speaking of Jesus, good Lord. Oh, boy. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. that's. That's the equivalent of it from uh, from what I see. That, that was that's the baby. Oh my wow. god, dude! All right, I so, guess it's my turn. Yeah, man. I'm gonna create. Uh, I'm gonna finish the four way of of food, and nice. <laughs> the four way of food. Leche. <laughs> um, and there is a very good burger joint near UCF called Toasted. I went there the last time was at in at UCF and it was probably one of the best burgers I've ever had. I'm sure Charles will disagree with me after having whatever that abomination of a food is. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's very interesting place. It's known for its large amount of cheese selection. Damn. Yeah, I got it here on screen. It's 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 an interesting little joint. I if you're in, near UCF, I would recommend it. Oh, I was just in Orlando the other day. You didn't tell me about this before that, Matt. Uh, I apologize for that. We'll have to do it again. We'll have to. You'll have to go there the next time you're in Orlando, which I imagine will be fairly recent in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's me. That's toasted. Uh, there used to be a place near Disney World. Uh, 
I forget what it's called, but it was a soup and grilled cheese joint. But unfortunately, that was closed because the shopping center it's in is being ra- is being raised. Uh, it's kind of the reverse of the paved paradise and put up a parking lot. They're tearing down paradise, um, and they're building an off ramp into Disney World. Man, Mickey's got to have his stuff, man. Exactly. So that's mine. Oh, Charles, we didn't get a discount code from you or from Francisco. Oh, no, I had mine was threesome. Okay. <laughs> Charles? My discount code is Lent because after you have the burger that I suggest, the Britain burger, you're not going to want to have fat for 40 days. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess would my guess mine would be uh, queso. Mm-hmm. Okay. Queso. Queso. All righty. All right, guys. So uh, this was... will probably be our last episode, thanks to Francisco. That's great, man. I can't wait to be banned from everybody. Um, all right, so gosh, Cesar's here. We can actually talk basketball. Uh, just, just give it a minute. Mikey is dying to talk combine. The, the NFL combine. Okay, we can jump into that. And Kyler Murray and his tiny hands. Um, no, no, they weren't tiny. No, no, they weren't tiny. He's not Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we're definitely going to get shut down. I mean, you just wait till my Tiger Woods joke, and we'll see if we're still on the air after the hour. And we already made fun of Tiger Woods already. Let's uh, see. We've we've done three ways. We've done four ways. We've done kissing Jesus. We've hit on Donald Trump and uh, Tiger Woods. Uh, I don't know. What else is there? His arms were tiny, not his oh. hands. <laughs> He's a T-Rex. He's a T-Rex. There's things we can find out because your boy may have read the arrest report to a certain man because I have Palm Beach clerk's access to a certain man doing Oh, dude, I got some of that too through some some friend of mine as well. Some back channel. Oh, yeah. I saw some of that detail. I saw some of that affidavit, my friend. I read both. Oh, you read both? Ah. We're going to call him Kraft Mayonnaise right now. Mm. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, and I actually have something on David Blatt, too, but I can't say it either. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. He lives down here. So, yeah. So, uh, damn. I really wish I could say it. Like, until like, until it's made public. Until it's made public. But it's not something that bad, but, you know. It just... It's bad. SEC's involved. Not the conference. Okay. But it's not hand, <laughs> but whatever. Okay. Uh, okay, Combine. What stood out to First you? Story. Yeah. DJ Manicap, of course. Yeah. Really? Of course. I mean, how could he not? That guy's a freak. Mm-hmm. Feels like Julio Jones. I, I mean, I, the only thing that I was worried about, I saw his like three-cone shuffle drill. And that one was supposedly slower than, like, Tom Brady, which is a little bit disconcerting. But, I mean, it's 40 time just running by people at that size. And I mean, the guy's a freak. The guy is a literal freak. Put, put 27 bench reps up at two – I mean, he's, what, 223? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, he's, like, 223, 330, 6'4". Yeah. Ran a 4.38. He's going to be a top-10 so, receiver that's going to be – he's gonna, probably going to be the only receiver taking the top 10. Most likely. I mean, the crazy thing is his stats at, uh, what's it called, at SC weren't even that great. Or, I mean, but there's always, like, that one guy you fall in love with, with the uh, 
and the combine, right, as a of wide course. receiver. And, of course. And, you know, it, it But I mean, these are freakish and... numbers. These are freakish numbers. Yeah. And the thing is, it's just it feels like he's the dude. If there's any kind of surefire bet, it would be him. And, you know, between him and Montez Sweat, which I have a comment on that boy, um, I'm just reading what sent us, but I, I agree with you that DK like definitely pops out because I need a receiver for the Titans. He's not going to be available at that point, but uh, he might be somebody the Bills kind of want to look at because he just seems like an all-around worker and he's an absolute beast. Does so, yeah. Other than that, uh, have they been I mean, well, yeah, like you said, Kyle Murray, Kyle Murray, um, Kyler not under five ten. Was Kyler Murray? Kyler. Yeah, there's an R at the end of it, but yeah. Kind of like Kylo, uh, but with an er. Er. Um, but him uh, um, coming in at over 5'10", I think that was a huge deal. I mean, it's crazy to think like half an inch is enough to get... That was the one thing everybody's was worried about. Is he 5'9", is he an average human being, or is he not? <laughs> <laughs> is he a half inch taller, and does it make him an NFL prospect at number one? So. Yeah. And there's still there's still that that sort of that, that trepidation that he's just going to... like it, He's gonna bolt for for the Oakland A's at some point. Like there's still that trepid. Like people still fear that he can still bolt for baseball when, if any, if, if the going that. gets tough, you know. I would I mean, love if it. He's if anything lower than a first round pick, he can bolt for baseball because all that guaranteed money just washed away. That's true. I would I would hope if I would hope that he would go back to baseball just because that would be such a boon for baseball to be able to steal somebody away from the NFL. Well, you're stealing him away, but you're stealing him away because he's just going to cut it, right? That's, yeah. It's not like, I mean... It, it's kind of like your ex leaves you, you break up. It's like, I just want to see what the other fish are. And you're like, maybe I'm going to I mean, we're not talking exactly Bo, Bo Jackson here, so... It's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, who's the last uh, player to go baseball? Is like maybe like Jeff Samarja or something mm, like that? Yeah... Yeah, I mean, he was good at Dame. He was pretty good. He could have obviously gone to the NFL. But other than that, I'm trying to think, and no one's coming to mind. Um, for me, it was Montez Sweat. Uh, he's an edge. First off, his name is fantastic. Between that and Greedy Williams, it's <laughs> Greedy Williams is a cornerback. Like, it's just perfect. Montez Sweat is an edge rusher. I don't mess with that guy. Now, there's some mock drafts, and I don't give credo to mock drafts at all. I think it's just cheap or his cheap articles getting getting paid for the nfl and espn just to put irrelevant stuff out there in the downtime but they even have him come into my end in tennessee land so hey i'm about that i would like that happen but he i'm getting his combine stuff are you ready so, to get sweaty are you um, ready to get sweaty exactly you know you, girl you know me lou we got the montez here but his, uh, <laughs> we are definitely getting canceled times his vertical jump was 36 he was all around impressive He's a heavy guy. Everybody likes him. Um, the thing is, when you look at college players, you know, sometimes they're working to rotation, but he was at Mississippi State, uh, so he has some SEC experience. But this guy's 6'6", 260 pounds, you guys. Like, that's a big boy. And I believe yeah. he had three or four years playing in the college football aspect. So what that means to me is a guy who actually understands and is educated, and especially if he's an edge rusher, doing stunts, doing front-line adjustments, knowing when to drop back in zones, and he's only going to grow. He jumped his sock. I would be very surprised if he gets out top 10 because this is a very uh, defensive end or edge rusher heavy class with Josh Allen and Nick Bosa. Uh, but mm -hmm. since the fact that everybody's going to go chasing dudes they shouldn't take with the first-round pick, 
by the Dolphins. Sure fortune serendipity. Hey, you guys are going to trade up to get you know Drew Locke or Daniel Jones. That's y'all's problem. Um, <laughs> when you need a replacement to Cam Wake, he would fall in better. But that's just my opinion. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to be at hand. So he stood out to me. And then here's the thing about the combine. Some of that stuff is like a joke. What do I need to see an offensive lineman doing a vertical jump? You're not lifting off the ground. So I don't <laughs> What I want to know, what I want to see, what anybody who's an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman is, can you move a forklift or a truck with your hair <laughs> hands? Interesting. You know, put, put real stuff in it. It's, it's frivolous, man. Let wide receivers block a little bit and catch balls like quarterbacks, like throw. And here's the thing, too. I want put, to put the pads on them. I know they do the Pro Bowl, but you're missing out on additional weight that's on there. Kyler Murray may look electric. Dwayne Haskins may look electric. All these guys look electric. Devin Singletary from FAU, who, who Al's mm-hmm. represent, may look electric. But put some paddings on them and see if they can actually juke and shovel and go from there. Because those 40-yard those dashes mean nothing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just me and my rants of how there I hate the system. <laughs> Speaking of the combine, <laughs> Uh, I know that Mikey was talking briefly about uh, DJ Metcalf. He called him a workout warrior, which I'm to understand is someone who significantly raises their draft stock because of what they did at the Combine. Metcalf is is former wide receiver at Mississippi, so back to Mississippi. It's not Mississippi State this time. Yeah, don't, don't say back to Mississippi with regards to Miss. Don't go. Don't get those mixed up because you know those those people hate each other. Right. Uh, he did my, my my brother-in-law actively hates Ole Miss. Like hates. <laughs> I know. I know the Egg Bowl is a big deal every year. Like the Gators suck, but I don't. I don't know if I have that much hate for them. <laughs> I know some people who do, and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, Metcalf made a lot of news because he is reportedly has between one point six to one point nine percent body fat. Holy sh! Wow, that's ridiculous. That barely registers. That's that's all down low, you guys. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh god. Uh, but yeah, he did a pretty good, uh, pretty good job. He had a four point three three forty yard dash, twenty seven bench press of two hundred. Mm-hmm. Mikey says the body fat stat is a lie. It has to be. I've looked around, and a one point six percent body fat is bordering on deadly uh but dude definitely looks impressive he definitely does not have a lot of body fat um something i did want to bring up though was um francisco's had it on screen for a little bit uh but former texas cornerback chris Boyd during interviews someone allegedly asked him if he had two testicles (laughs) i heard about that (laughs) How do you keep a straight face and not, and say ask your wife? I, oh, normally oh. ask Des if uh, was it Des when they say, "Oh, hey, you know, is your mom a prostitute?" Oh, that was on freaking Hard Knocks with the Dolphins. No, yeah. no, no, no. Well, what, it no, was a Dolphins no, guy. No, not Des Bryant. No, not Des Bryant. But was freaking oh, um, no, no. But it was on Hard Knocks with the Dolphins, and Jeff Ireland asked. I forgot who he asked, but yeah, it's like his mom a prostitute or his grandma was. I'm I don't know something like that, that right now. Yeah, but still, it was one of the more, maybe not the least embarrassing moment of the last twenty years for the Dolphins, but it's up there. It's up <laughs> there. A picture of him or nuts? Yeah. Oh, it is. Good. Oh, I thought I said picture of his nuts. <laughs> I thought Mikey put picture of his nuts as we were talking about this, but never mind. 
I'm like, well, I mean, I could put it on screen, but I think we'd be... <laughs> we would definitely uh, Twitter be would send a nuclear bomb right this way, you know? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. All right. But still, God. But he's got to have, like, 3%, something like that, something unholy. Right, but one point something percent is, as Mikey mentioned, he would be dead. He'd be Superman. Or he'd be Superman. <laughs> well, he'd be super dead. <laughs> okay. Um, nothing too horrible. It shows why the Metcalf staff is alive. We can't... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice, dude. Uh, okay, so uh, any more from the Combine? Anything that sticks I think, out? I think that's it. I mean... On the UCF front, because that's really the only reason I follow the combine is for the UCF players. Which helps with recruiting and all right. that stuff. Right. Uh, someone, there's the one guy from UCF that went there this week was defensive lineman Tristan Hill. He also had a pretty good uh, combine. A lot of people actually started to find out who he was that UCF fans have known about all season. Uh, dude is ridiculous. He, he is... a a wrecking ball, it seems. He just can block. He he's actually served on offensive line, on some uh, on some packages where they need to get like a yard, and he just blows things up. He's very good. Uh, but apparently, someone called him Tristan Tate, uh, so got his name incorrect. So uh, fun. All right. So that's our, our combine talk, so... I guess it's time to get over to the NBA. It's time to get over to the NBA. All right, Cesar, I need to ask you, what the hell's going on out there, dude? The other LA team just beat you guys. Uh, I know you watch the Lakers, because I see your story, yep. and you follow them <laughs> religiously. Of course. And... It's pretty religiously, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, First off, what is what is the thought behind this squad right now? Do you get, do you think they're going to make the playoffs? No. Ooh. No. I mean, they're five games out at this point. I think the percentages are like below five percent at this time. So no. And I, I honestly, at this point, I'm really thinking like it's Russell Brock for the rest of the season. I'd rather have him come in with a real off season, like no playoffs, no end of the season. He'll come back well rested, and you know he's gonna work his ass off, and he'll come back just as strong as ever. And hopefully, we'll have a second star on the team. I mean, there's still that talk that he's still not fully recovered from the groin injury. Um, I don't think that's what it is. You don't it's think it's you don't think it, it's what it is? No, I don't think that at all. Hmm. I think he's back. Yeah, I don't think that's at all. Yeah. I don't think that's whatsoever what's going on. I just think he's tired. I think he's tired of what's going on. I think he's tired of his team. I think he's ready for another start. I genuinely believe that's what it is. He needs someone who's going to be able to take over when he's not having the greatest game. And sure, we've seen some moments where Brandon Ingram's come in and score a couple points and go to the rim and get fouled, but he won't he'll miss his free throws. We'll have a costly turnover. We had that moment with Kentavious Pope a couple games ago. It's just, he, he doesn't have anyone who's reliable in the clutch. Hoping, Kuzma's had a great season, but he can't defend anyone, at least no one who's a power, a solid power forward. Mm-hmm. And he's not fast enough to guard threes. So it, it's a little bit tough. And 
it's, it's Lonzo. I thought was actually starting to get better. I thought he was kind of like turning that corner, but then he gets that injury, and here we are. Uh, it's, it's just it's rough. We had some help in the post with Zubak, and we decided to trade him for nothing for Mike <laughs> Muscala, and I just I don't understand what's going on. I love Rajon Rondo, but he can't shoot, and he's taking like six of ten threes a game over the last couple games. He'll make the three in a row, and then he'll miss ten in a row, and it's just it, it's it's nonsensical. I don't know what we're doing, but I think he's a free agent. I think we're losing that three and D. Josh Hart, I believe, is hurt. And he, I think he's a piece that we need to keep, but we'll probably trade him somewhere. Yeah. So I don't know what we're keeping. I don't know where we're going. I just know LeBron's there. I know LeBron's <laughs> there. He's going to be there for a while. So, so you don't see this? Do you, Do you play? Do you put place any blame on LeBron on this on uh, the makeup of this roster or just the way they've been playing? Or do you, do you blame him in any way whatsoever? Or do you think he's faultless? Um. I mean, I blame him to the extent that I mean, he can't shoot free throws. I mean, that There's nothing that anyone else can do about that. There were a couple plays yesterday where he was going to the room and he did get obviously fouled, but it's something that at that at size you should be converting in an and one and changing the momentum of the game. So those are things. But, I mean, at the same time, you can only expect so much from this guy. He, he's a freak, but, I mean, when you get fouled, you're obviously going to miss some shots. It's just it's tough. I also understand that he just doesn't trust the surroundings. He That's, trust that is. Guys. I mean, it's pretty evident, right? I mean, his body language yeah, is. I mean, there's that 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 clip of him like the rest of his team is on one end of the bench and he's all by himself, all the way like far away, like the last chair of the of the bench, like away from everybody. And then what was that one clip that just came from this past game where? I don't even know what player it was because I've said on numerous occasions I don't follow the NBA at all. But <laughs> one of uh, one of his uh, one of LeBron's teammates had to literally shove him in the defensive position. Yeah, I'm not sure what player you're talking about, but I, I wouldn't be that shocked. And I mean, that's the whole thing when he turns it on defensively. I mean, he's still arguably a top five defensive player at any position. He's on every play, trying to get steals, trying to get blocks in passing lanes, getting deflections. Now he'll, he'll just like turn it on for certain players, obviously when it's like a challenge to him, and obviously that's not enough. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely not enough. So. All right, so Charles just posted that he thinks Magic is more the problem than anything else. Do you think it's this? You think Magic Johnson's roster construction is really what's what's done this team in? Uh, I mean, partially, sure. I mean, the the fact that he didn't go for shooting and he instead went for players who have ball handling skills, sure, but can't shoot from the outside, and that's in the form of Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, uh, went for uh, JaVale McGee, obviously. McGee's been a great signing. I'm not going to hate on that one. But uh, there was no outside shooting whatsoever. We've got Michael Beasley. He was probably your best shooter out of the three. And obviously he's gone now. Yeah. So we had to go in season and trade for Reggie Bullock, who's a great shooter. Don't get me wrong, but we did trade a prospect that I liked um, in uh, Speed McKaylu, and it just 
I, yeah, definitely have a little bit of blame for him, but at the same time, he did get us LeBron. So uh, it's tough for me to I, play I don't know if he got you. Do, do you think he got you LeBron? Because I felt like LeBron was going to L.A. regardless. It's about that brand. You know, with the I, like, like for, for me, like, I'm seeing this. Uh, some people are laying the blame on LeBron, and I... I kind of the reason LeBron is because this this is probably the most egotistical we've seen LeBron ever, as far as like imposing his will and, and just sh like he just really he he knows he's like top two to three players of all time, so he and, can do whatever the hell he wants. And ar arguably, he hasn't been in this position in a really long time. Right. right. At least when um, he was with Cleveland, he had Kyrie, he had a Kevin Love. I mean, up to, like, basically last year when both of them were basically out. But he had those players who were, to an extent, certified stars. At least Kyrie was, and Kevin Love to a lesser extent once he got to the Cavs. So, Here in L.A., you don't have that. Right. So you don't have that challenging force of that other member who you're like, okay, like, I can't talk that much shit. I can't look down these people, and later on they'll prove me wrong. He hasn't been proven wrong too many times. Mm -hmm. He hasn't had the situation since he was basically Cleveland the first time. Okay. So, so now he's obviously very much more mature. At least I think he's not 23 anymore. Mm -hmm. I, he's, an old, he's an old man, basically. He's tired of the kids. I mean, he's, old, he's been that way since, since he got to Miami, and then especially up to Cleveland. Uh, his attitude... Which I have an issue with, but I feel like that 2016 season, if they hadn't won, I think it'd be different. But when when the Cavs won in 2016, albeit whatever you want to say with the controversy, Draymond Green, all that stuff, he they got it done. Like it it justified everything that he did, uh, going leaving Cleveland the first time, leaving Miami, uh, getting David Blatt fired, uh, having. Uh, all this say, all this pull in Cleveland, winning that 2016 championship basically gave him uh, just like um, a license to kill in a sense for for anything. He can do whatever he wants after that, and he's doing it now. So he has no qualms of of rustling feathers because he knows that at the end of the day, it's not going to hurt his legacy. Like even this season, even this season, let's say they don't make the playoffs. Uh, I mean, you. Everybody thought this was a transition season, regardless, right? That this was the oh, one throw throwaway season. Of course. I mean, it, I, we all thought he they would make the playoffs. One hundred percent. We all knew that. I mean, they didn't have the talent to challenge the Warriors, even the Rockets, even the even the what's it called, Thunder. I mean, we were obviously can't even make the top eight. So, yeah, we all uh, it was transitional season, but we all I am a better season. Alright, so, um, yeah, uh, so, so the, the Lakers, do you think, because uh, we've been sitting on this Anthony Davis thing. Forever. Uh, forever. But you, I, do you think, they, you think it's going to happen? 
now. You think Boston is probably still the lead team in that sense? No. No? Really? <laughs> Divine hope. Divine hope. Ah, oh, gosh. Uh, I think someone also jumped in. I think someone also jumped in, but I don't think LA is in the lead at all. All right. Um, Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yo. No, I think I think had her chance and all. No, he didn't get a point. Yeah. I, see, I mean, I've been wrong before. Okay. So, um... Oh, he left the call. All right, so... We've had some I technical he, difficulties. We had some de technical difficulties. He'll pop back in real soon. All right, Charles. Uh, all right, I'll, this, I'll, this, I'll, is I'll you, this is where you... Yeah, this is where... <laughs> just to inject you into the conversation. All right. So basically for those who are, is it a LeBron fault? Is it a magic fault? And then we'll break into what it goes from there. <clears throat> I feel that it's magic. You want to know why it's magic, not LeBron? Because LeBron basically has diplomatic immunity. He's the villain <laughs> in Lethal Weapon 2. He won the title in Cleveland. He doesn't get touched upon. Yes, he's demanding. We talked about it off the podcast, prior he's, to the podcast. He, he wants guys to do more than what they should, and it's hypocritical because he's not doing more. But remember, you can't be great in every facet of the game, but you can't be lazy at every facet of the game. And this young Lakers team being, feels that it's very lazy. You know, They don't know how to kind of fight for close leads. They don't know how to deal with the game of the runs when it's going back and forth. When you have a lead, you lose it, you got to fight back for it. For them, the games of the runs is I ate too much Taco Bell. And I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> um, I don't oh think my necessarily God. it's Luke Walton's <laughs> just got fault, that. Luke Walton is going to get the—he's going to be the fall guy. I think it's magic because you got to think. You know LeBron's ja uh, LeBron James game. He's a big man who likes to play like he's Magic Johnson, where he can kind of shoot the inside, get the quick dunk in, sometimes take over, be the ice cold shooter, mm -hmm. but he likes to penetrate and kick out. So instead of building a foundational team, you decide to say, I'm going to put in four of my players who are my starting lineup and my bench to get one guy. And I like Anthony Davis. I think he's kind of being a brat, and I think that's the appropriate term for this show on air um, from how he's kind of conducting everything, but he can still transcend a team, but you can't make it with just two guys and no depth. Instead, what Magic done... Especially like, Golden State still probably having one more season of... But I'll tell you now, the way this team's built up, we say they can't compete with Golden State. They can't compete with the top eight. That's true. They, they can't compete, compete with, with the, the yeah the Clippers or and the Clippers they, they are probably the, the team that's gonna and have a huge offseason. Yeah, and they traded away their best scorer, and they're still possibly gonna get the AFC. So what does that say about uh, you? When you have foundational that's players, that's one thing. But when you have guys who know their job and they know how to build their team chemistry, that's another. So what you should have done is okay, LeBron James needs shooters, guys that can play kind of defense. And then, you know, kind of not turn the ball over because that's always the issue, right? At the right. end of the day, you lose games because you're losing the ball. You, those five guys that you're willing to trade in Hart, Ball, and I don't like Lonzo Ball, not because I don't think he's a bad dude, but I think he's he was overrated coming in. He hasn't played a full season the last two years. D'Angelo Russell, who Magic sailed out because D'Angelo wasn't as up to 
up to standard of what a point guard should be is making the all-star team granted as a reserve, but 20, but you know, 20, 20 points a game and six assists is still something versus Lonzo getting like eight points a game. Um, you could have dissected each guy that you were going to trade for one dude and get a dude back a two for one sale basically, but you get the right kind of guys there who they are. I don't know. I'm not an executive. I'm just a guy who talks smack. Uh, Magic, I felt, and I said it on the, in the group chat, I'm going to say it here, I felt that he thought his charm of being one of the best athletes in basketball and one of the most recognizable people in sports today and in the past, present, future was going to be good enough to get everybody else because a lot wrong. But it's a business, buddy, and you really thought that Dell Dempsey, even though he doesn't have a job now, was going to bend over to you because mm. you're Magic Johnson? No, no, sir. That's not how we do things. And what happens is you put your team in disarray you, in a way, kind of made LeBron a scapegoat because you catered to him. Granted, LeBron helped us out there. You're going to put Luke Walton's fall guy, and a lot of your young dudes, who, mind you, these are second-rounders and unsigned rookies, are not going to kind of maybe want to resign for you because you're not going to listen to their wants and needs. You're going to cater to an older guy. Mind you, I'd rather take LeBron at 35 or 36 versus some of the other guys that are on that team, but Magic should have known better. But he didn't. And now you have this whole season go disarray. I agree with Caesar or Cesar that it's probably better to just, you know, rest the third year and try out some of the other young guys. I don't think they're going to rest LeBron because he ain't no punk. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's still something to which it raises eyebrows. So what happens is they'll end up missing out the playoffs probably by going like three games in the laundry or anything. They'll pull the Denver Nuggets who went like 41 41 or something and missed out on the AFC. Because, you know, you'll feel like that run will come in. Obviously, LeBron's been injured by the groin or has a groin injury and everybody else is injured, but they might get into a run. But then what happens? You fire Luke Walton, what are you going to do? Magic, you can come down there and go from being, you know, an executive to being a coach. I could see it. Or you're going to hire uh, LeBron's old favorite coach that was Tyron Lue. So oh. uh, it's, it's, oh no it's not pretty. Damn. He has really things called hire Tyron Lue? No, no, no. It's a, it's more or less like, uh, LeBron, uh, like basically another puppet. Yeah. 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 I guess that could happen. I mean, I wish we could have signed someone like, uh, what's his name, Bickersap in, uh, or is that his name, in New York? Yeah, well, uh, uh, Fizdale's the one in Fizdale. New York. Yeah, David Fizdale, Fizdale yeah, yes. former Heat well, assistant. Fizdale, yeah. And, that's and he has rapport with LeBron. Exactly, and that's who I would have obviously loved to sign. I mean, other than that, I don't know exactly what coach is out there that, one, would want to coach LeBron at this point in time where, I mean, why not? I, I know this is rare, and I'm sure it's been mentioned before. Why not have LeBron as a player coach at this point? Well, Magic's going to come out I, and do I, it. I don't know if it's even possible under the CBA. I mean, that'd be a really that... fun thing to see in a loophole if they if there's a possibility for that. I don't know. I've never read the NBA CBA. I just feel like, what about even just as an offensive coordinator or something <laughs> Just because uh, I mean, he's basically doing it anyway on the court. He's running. I mean, play. he's never in the huddle with Luke Walton drawing up plays. He's always just exactly. kind of standing on the outside, like yeah, 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 whatever. I mean, you don't. I mean, what else can you tell the guy? Uh, he's gonna run whatever play he wants to. Uh, exactly. Charles I, just I, I, posted up Jason Kidd. He's out there. No. <laughs> no LeBron is LeBron is fond of those uh, former player coaches, man. Hmm. Well, if we're going to sign some former player coach and sign Metal World Peace, how about that? Mm. At least that'd be entertaining. That'd be entertaining. <laughs> go up there, punch guys in the face. Exactly. <laughs> mean, LeVar Ball, I don't care about your kid. <laughs> <laughs> At least it'd be entertaining. Might as well go with the reality show idea, right? It's mm. L.A., right? Why not? Exactly. Yeah, let's make it hot. Exactly. Holiday. I mean, in consideration of the fact that today we had, uh, what's her name, become a billionaire, Kylie Jenner. 
Oh, dear well, Lord. Might as well continue on that mm. path and just turn the Lakers into a reality show. We don't care about championships anymore. We're just a reality show. That's where we're going. It, it's That's funny. Going like, like, the Lakers are one of the two most prestigious basketball teams the, ever. The most prestigious. Uh, there's the, the Celtics still have the one more. The most prestigious. The Celtics still have one more. The greatest. And you most won, like, prestigious. a few of those in, Min- in Minnesota, so. So? Um... <laughs> uh, that's like the Hawks having one championship in in St. Louis. That's weird. Charles also <laughs> chimed in that Kobe should be the head coach. Everyone would lose their minds at him and Braun. Dear daggers. Lord, could you imagine that? <laughs> Look, if we're gonna bring in Middle World Peace, I'm all for Kobe just to be like, "You're trash." And I was like, "What?" The and only way Kobe that would just could go get... and bring out his five rings. The only way that could get any better. Is if the Lakers were able to get uh, Shaq off of inside the NBA and become like an assistant coach? Uh, who? Oh, Shaq. God. I, oh God. But I, it's like LeBron James. I, I still find it weird. He's on the Lakers. I've never. He, it still doesn't look natural to me. It doesn't. It really does. It feels like he's on a on my, my created team in NBA 2K or whatever. <laughs> like I still don't consider him a Laker or at least. I don't think he has that attitude of, I'm a Laker. It's more like, I'm on the Lakers, not I'm a Laker. I'm more like, I'm in L.A. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's basically his whole, you know, the movie studio stuff. That's more of his concern now than anything. Yeah. And and the, his HBO, whatever, sitting down at the barbershop show. I, like, that's been most of his concern. Like, I don't see LeBron... I feel like he, he either thinks he's not... He's bigger than the Lakers... And that's kind of weird because, like, like even Kobe Bryant, I never thought he thought he was bigger than the Lakers. I think he thought he was the Lakers, which in some <laughs> sense he was. He really was. For for all the years since Shaq left, he was the Lakers. Like, he was, like, but I don't see LeBron as thinking, I am the Lakers, I am in the Lakers, I'm with the Lakers. Like, it still looks very, his attitude seems, like, distant from that. And that's kind of, like, well, I wanted to get your perspective, Cesar, like as to like what people think of him out there, you know, because I still find it weird. I, I will say there is some, I guess, turning, some people are turning on LeBron, and it's exactly for the reasons you mentioned. I'm just grateful he's here. It's at least entertaining to watch That's Lakers again. So I, I'm not going to turn on him just yet. In all reality, I understand that he's also aging, so I'm not expecting him to be the LeBron of pass. I'm expecting him to change his game a little bit, but I'm still expecting some level production that's kind of LeBron-esque. Right. And I'm not going to turn my back on him yet. I'm not going to say that he's selfish. I'm not going to say that he's a bad anything. He may be a bad leader, sure, at least with this group of people, but... I'm sticking behind him. I'm sticking behind my man. So most, it probably next season is probably going to be the, the real like judgment the, of this of whole course, deal. Of course, and I think next season if he gets another star, I mean I'm hoping obviously we can get someone like Kawhi Leonard. I know that's obviously asking for a lot, but I think we can pull it off possibly. And if we can do that, and then we don't make the playoffs or we lose out in the first round. Then of course we'll start putting some blame on LeBron, but until then, I'm withholding my judgment and just understanding it's his first season in LA. All right. Any other thoughts, guys? 
It's a lot about LeBron and the Lakers, but it's pro- it is the most interesting thing going on. And, uh, this... and, and it's a 10th place team, which is the funny part, <laughs> you know? It's a 10th place team that's behind the Sacramento Kings of all teams. But I, it, it's, it's, it may be the best for the best. LeBron gets an actual long offseason to rest. Mm. <laughs> and he's been to eight straight NBA finals. Gosh. Really? Yes. Nah, I won't go for the ninth. Yeah. So I, I will propose one thing to say, Zark, because he lives in the area. Our fans of who live in L.A., who are fans of basketball, going to root for the Clippers if they end up going on in some kind of postseason run? Or are they going to be loyal to their team and not be like, you know, Sir Miami fans will jump that wagon on some jump off on another? No, I mean, I, I will one, me, no, never, even when... I mean, the Lakers have been bad for so many years now. I mean, when I say so many, I mean half, have a decade probably, and that for the Lakers is a long time. And I'd never become a Clipper fan. I mean, sure, I'll be like, okay, it's the Clippers on TV, sure they're fine. They're excited. They were exciting to watch, so I watched them, but I never cheered for them. It's similarly, I'm not going to cheer for this team, especially when I don't think they have too much of a chance. I mean, yes, they beat us last night. I understand that, but. They have no go-to score, and they're they're a good defensive team, but I just don't think this team has like a uh, what is Detroit Pistons-like defense or that kind of toughness that they could actually make a real run. They'll get eliminated in the first round. Good enough for me. All right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, final. Okay. So let's move on. Uh, segment players remember to forget. Um, we have to remember to forget them fairly quickly. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Uh, Charles, you had somebody? I did. Since we're on the topic of basketball, and we're talking about the Lakers, for example, and where they got both Lonzo Ball and then their prior picked to Lonzo Ball, which was D'Angelo Williams. I believe both guys were second-round picks out of the first round. I thought to myself, all right, who is a bad first-round pick uh, from basketball that really just kind of died in the water and who was mm. pick number two so it reminds me of a certain man who had a great name because it sounds like a under the you know table drug and Hashim Tabit um, <laughs> so a little bit of Hashim Tabit he's a Tanzanian professional basketball player he played for Connecticut uh, before being drafted second overall in 2009 by the Memphis Grizzlies his career was kind of you know failure at launch for the most part professionally but he was a big dude he was listed at seven foot three 263 pounds mm-hmm. um you know that back in 2009 that was your favorite kind of center you didn't need to shoot threes you just need to be able to tall and rebound and do the putbacks um so he was one of the biggest guys there got drafted by the grizzlies sent to the rockets on uh 2011 to, for shane battier and his smith i think they kept his smith and shane went elsewhere and then he went to 2012 to the Trailblazers. And then the only time I remember him standing out was his time with Oklahoma City. Um, you know, because it was his name, because of me being a big NBA video game guy, I was like, oh, hey, it's a shame to be. You know, this fan <laughs> plays him and just playing properly. I think he only recorded a few double doubles in his past. He was there for like two years. Then he went to Philadelphia, then waved. And then he went to the Pistons, then waved. And then he went to. Uh, like Grand Rapids Drive, the NBA D League. Now, mind you, this is five years later, so that's bad if you know you're on the tail end of your career, basically. Or five years into being the D League, you got to be the second pick overall. And then, as of late, from what I see per Wikipedia, um, 
He was signed by the Yokohama B Corsairs, the Japanese B League. Say that five times fast. But <laughs> second pick in the draft after the first round, his career stats. I got a nice logo. I'll tell you that much. Points per game, 2.2. Blocks per game, 0. 0.8. 0.1 assists per games. No bueno, guys. No bueno. <laughs> no bueno. Oh, boy. All right, so that's, uh, yeah, Shane Tabib. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Um, all right, my name, uh, my, my player, I'm going to have to go with Ron Harper. Ron Harper, I remember Ron. Yeah, but that's a, that's he, a it, very, is it, is it, I mean, he's memorable, but you don't think about him every day, you know, he's just, but uh, I, how I, do you know? Maybe I do. Maybe I have his jersey on. <laughs> He was on the Lakers. Yeah, that's actually that is true. He that was on the Bulls. is he was, several and he was on Keenan and Kel. <laughs> and that's why I, I I'm I'm remembering Ron Harper. So in this episode, Kel wanted Ron Harper to sign his orange soda, and he dropped his bottle of orange soda on Ron Harper's foot, which <laughs> injured Ron Harper, and and the Chicago Bulls went on a massive losing streak. Now, mind you, this is the <laughs> This is the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls. Now, I don't know how valuable Ron Harper was, but I don't think it's based in reality that if he was off of the Bulls, that the Bulls couldn't keep winning when you, you had Michael know. Jordan and Scotty on the team. You never know. You are mistaken, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it, it did that. I love that episode and because um, the, the, all of Chicago wanted to kill Keenan and Cal, and then Ron Harper had to forgive them. Uh, at the end of the episode, and all was good. And I think he, Kel might have injured him again at the end of the. But whatever, you know. And I still love Orange Soda to this, to this day. <laughs> so Ron Harper, wherever. I, what the hell is he doing? I should look that up. But uh, yeah, Ron Harper, guys. All right. Anybody well, else? I'll take a swing at it. Actually, um, going on. Oh, he's a motivational it. speaker. Okay. So there you go. Ah. It speaks about the 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 traumatic uh, foot injury that he suffered and how he able to <laughs> <laughs> um, going off of and following um, Charles's uh, first of all the Grizzlies pick and also a number two pick how about Stromal Swift who more than anything there you go Stromal Swift number two pick after Kay and Martin in the 2000 draft in the NBA oh, the 2000 the NBA draft? Yeah. Oh, that's a lot back. of forgettable players right there. <laughs> going back. <laughs> and, yeah, Stromile was, I mean, he was a big deal coming out of college. And he was in the dunk contest. He was an athletic power forward. People thought, oh, wow, this guy's basically going to be Kenyon Martin or, like, a Sean Kemp-like player. And turned out he had a couple decent seasons. And then everyone figured out he can't shoot. So they put a little bit of body on him. And... Dude's career kind of tanked. Yeah. Uh, he had, uh, I think it was like two decent seasons within his first couple of years. Looking at some of the stats, he had a season where he averaged, it was 11.8 his second year. That's the year he was in the NBA yeah. contest. Yep. And then a 10.1 in 2004, 2005. And after that, he kind of tailed off and uh, became a journeyman. Went from Memphis to Houston, back to Memphis, to Memphis again, uh, New Jersey, and then Phoenix, and that was the end of his career, 2009. So an eight-year career that kind of just fell apart. So much potential. So much potential. Now but, you, yeah. What's he doing today? I wonder what he's doing. I'm going to look that up. Let's uh, look it up. Stromile 
Swift, let's see. Uh, definitely not a motivational speaker. <laughs> Listen, guys, just don't do what I did. <laughs> At least not after the first two years. Uh, I don't see anything about what he's doing. Uh, Wikipedia, let's see. Uh, I did nothing. see an article that said, High flyer, Strumile Swift. And this is obviously the headline, Grounded with Daughter, Trunking Company. Trucking company. Okay. I'm not sure what this is about, but... Yeah, maybe he's got a trucking company. You know, it's, it's the second second chapter of his life. Uh, greatest Grizzly, Stromal Swift, was ahead of his time. There's a uh, an article about him on BealeStreetBears.com, on Fansided. So I mean, somebody thought about that. But that 2000 NBA draft, that is. Oh, he was he was arrested in 2011 for carrying a gun in Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so that was cool. Okay, so 2000 NBA draft. Uh, Kenyon Martin at number one from the Nets. Stromile Swift for the Vancouver Grizzlies back then. Uh, Darius Miles for the Clippers. Marcus Pfizer oh. for the Bulls. Mike Miller for the for the um, for the Magic. Uh, Demar Johnson, Chris Mean, Jamal Crawford for for Cleveland. Uh, Keon Dooling, some members, uh, some guys I remember out here. Uh, let's see. Hito Turkoglu was drafted by the by the Kings. Jason Collier for the Bucks. Uh, Quentin Richardson for the Clippers that season. Jamal Maglor. Uh, who else? Deshaun Stevenson. There are some names out here. All right. And second rounders. Any notable second rounders? You got Eddie House. Uh, on out there, he was uh, from the Miami Heat, and uh, Michael Red. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, for the Bucks, he was a uh, number forty-three pick in the second round. So, and, and he's also a guy that had like a he had a very promising career. Then the injuries and everything, like um, he was an all-star a couple times. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, he was. Um, and then, yeah, those are all the notable guys. Some guys don't even have links that I can even click on. So they definitely know those guys aren't rememberable. Uh, all right. Finally, uh, we're we're coming up at the last. I actually have a player minutes. this week. Oh, let's let, let's do it. What, who do you got? Gary Matthews Jr. Gary Matthews Jr. Gary oh. Matthews Jr. The baseball player, right? The baseball player. Yeah. yeah. There is one clip that you need to show. Oh, the catch. The catch. Oh, I know the catch. I know which one you're talking about. Probably the most underrated catch I can I know of. Because, when he was with the Texas Rangers, right? Correct. Because I see all these highlight plays, these high these highlight reels of amazing catches, and that's the one I see the least. And well, let me let me just tell you a brief bit about Gary Matthews Jr. He played. 12 years in the league. Uh, his father, Wait, that's, that's not the one. No, that's Jim Edmonds. That's Jim Edmonds. Also yeah. a good catch. Uh, let's give it a second here. Or you do that. And so Gary Matthews Jr. played 12 years in the majors. His father was also a major leaguer, Gary Matthews Sr., obviously. Um, See, he played for the Padres, the Cubs, the Pirates, the Mets, the Orioles, the Pods again, the Rangers, the then known as the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and the New York Mets. There's the catch right there. Probably one of the best catches I've ever seen. He caught the ball behind his head 
while he was sta- while he was on the fence. Yeah, they basically a three sixty or one eighty at least. Uh, right now, he he has since retired. He played from ninety nine until twenty ten. He was an all star in two thousand six. Right now, he invests in hotels and other small businesses. There's hey, man. not much I really have to say about it because I just kind of pulled this up at the last minute because I said, "Hey, Gary Matthews Jr. I haven't thought about him in a while." So Gary Matthews Jr., ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys. Last five minutes. Um, My time. Yeah, dude. What? what? There's plenty of college teams out there. At some point, we're going to do minor league baseball teams because there's yeah. like a billion yeah. of those as well. <laughs> um, so different weird names and whatever and, and different conferences. And, and we're, we're in March. So you all know what that means, what's coming up soon. March Madness. Thank you. So we can actually start. Some people are actually going to start caring about college basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just for the sake of the brackets. And, I never uh, do the brackets. I, never. Really? Uh, have you guys ever won your bracket, or at least, you know, got it close? Nope. Nah, no. Nah. Nah, nobody ever does. I just don't play it. There's always a Virginia that just screws everything up. Right. Yeah, I, I don't see the point of doing it because, A, I know I'm not going to win because it's nearly impossible odds to get a perfect bracket. But then also, it takes the fun out of it for me because I always root for the Cinderella teams over the... You know, the high, like, for example, last year, Virginia versus UMBC. If I probably would have, t- no offense to UMBC, but I think everybody on earth thought that Virginia was going to win that one. If I was rooting for Virginia so I could keep my bracket intact, I wouldn't have been rooting for UMBC. Just saying. All right. Um, so a couple of fun names here. Uh, we'll start with Oglethorpe University. Damn. Where the hell is that? <laughs> Where okay, Oglethorpe University. Oglethorpe University is. Sounds like Pennsylvania. It just sounds like it. It sounds like a place that'll be there, like an old timey type of name. Mm-hmm. Georgia. Oh, Sorry. Okay, Oglethorpe. Ah. All right. All right. It's more southern then, I guess. Okay, so southern. Let's think. It southern, is. Southern. It is a two-word bird. It's a two-word bird. The brown thrashers. No, that's yeah. a good one though. Um. Do you guys have anything? American Eagles? No. Okay. I would have called them the Oglethorpe Cop Drops. For some reason, it just sounds like a pharmacy brand. I don't know. Correct answer here is the Stormy Petrels. What the hell is a petrol? What the hell is a petrol? Yeah. Isn't that it, oil? No, that's petrol. This well, is petrol. It's the same stuff to me. This is like petrol. Uh, it's oh, it's oh, E L oh, instead of O L. Stormy. Sounds like Stormy. Well, now Petrels. I just have this image of the mascot being like a very. It is a small seabird. <laughs> okay, so it's a bird. Uh, a small seabird. I gotta look at what a real one looks like. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a, kind of kind of like a seagull in a sense, like a mix of a seagull and a duck. Basically. Okay. Next up, University like of Arkansas. What was that? Looks like a flat, like a flat penguin. penguin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next up is the University of Arkansas at Monticello. Or Monticello, I don't know. It is... I have to get what the official definition of this thing is. I know it's an insect. Damn. 
I, a I, single insect, like anything before it or after? Or... Well, it's a, it's a, it's a two-word insect. Okay, so stung beetle. <laughs> that, that, that'd be a school with some balls if they had some, if they had that name. <laughs> They're afraid of nothing. They, they don't give a shit. <laughs> you win. You win. Thank you. Although, you know what? We've we've done enough damage to our credibility this week. I'll save it for next week. <laughs> okay, so... Um, there was another mascot. I was, I've told you about once. RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. Uh, I don't, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. I'll, I'll let you all look it up. I didn't, I didn't say it on air, so I think we're safe. Any other guesses for this two-word animal? Uh, uh, the... The bug. Remember, it's a bug. The super spiders. Nope. Gotta be flying locusts for me. Ah, <laughs> Correct answer good. is the bull weevils. Bull weevils. Uh, okay. That's a Pokemon. That's a Pokemon. <laughs> 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 Alright, next. Last one. Oh, let's do it. Last yeah. one. Uh, Washburn University. Damn, Washburn. Where are these places? Are this these like... are these D one schools? These are one and twos. Okay. Washburn. Um so Washburn's in Kansas. Okay. It Washburn, is. Um, uh, hold on. It's it's a fur it's a guy's first name, um, and it's actually a it's also it shares the first name is also the char- also a very famous literary character. The the Moby. What? Moby. The Moby Dick. Oh, the Moby Dick. <laughs> the uh, the Huckleberry the Finns. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Damn, we're good. Uh, negative on that. I apologize. Uh, any other guesses, ladies and germs? Nah, I have no idea, dude. Uh, it is the Washburn University Ichabods. Ichabod Crane. Okay. Ooh. All right. Yeah, that's a that's a tongue roller right there. <laughs> All right. So that's it. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any foreign language goodbyes this week. I apologize. Everybody. Well, guys, that's that's it. Thanks to Cesar for finally oh, giving us the West Coast insight that we've been craving. <laughs> West Coast. And uh, Charles and Andrew for joining me as always. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. Maybe maybe the Lakers go on a five-game winning streak, and we'll, we'll forget all about this. And so. hopefully, Twitter doesn't find about find out about what on earth we just said because we probably pissed off like five or six different people. Nah, that's fine. Uh, so who knows if we'll be on air next week? Who cares? <laughs> Whatever, man. Go out and enjoy yourself. My first all right, don't 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 kink shame me. Don't kink shame me. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Buenas noches. Take care.